Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. Oh, I love that one. FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new. And it's streaming now on Hulu. Have you ever taken a full-on punch from your dad back in the day? Like, Ye- oh, yes. One time when I was like six or seven, we were fighting. And- whoa, whoa, whoa. Huh? Six or seven? <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you were in the ring at 20. All right, never mind. Tasha. Tasha. show for show. Is this thing on? Hey, it's me, Daniel Tosh. Welcome to Tosh Show. Hit the music. All right. Eddie, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Not great. Oh, no. Yeah. Yesterday, I was doing laundry for my daughter, and she may ha- she probably has about 10 pair of socks. Not too many. That's not a ridiculous amount. I don't think I could find a single matching pair. And the problem is her socks are so tiny uh, because she's so young that they go inside the crack in the machine. And then you you feel like they weren't cleaned. So I just throw them back in the middle. Anyway, that's not the point. So the point was, I was like, oh, I'm just going to order new socks. Now, where do I go to get socks for my daughter? I go to the Gap, babygap.com. And I see the socks, and then I look at the title. Now, hey, I'm going to put this up on the screen. Look at this title, Eddie. Yeah. That's called Toddler Lettuce Trim Sock. You have any problem with that? <laughs> that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't read right. You're telling me that nobody over at Baby Gap knows what the term lettuce trim is. <laughs> Either that's that's a disgruntled employee, like, ha, 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 this will be funny, little Easter egg. For people, I'll name this, these toddler socks after uh, a woman's uh, disgusting, beefy vagina that needs to get cleaned up. Or they didn't know. I thought it was common knowledge. I, I thought everyone on this planet knows what a lettuce trim is. Does everyone here know what a lettuce trim is? I do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So everyone in this... In this room knows what a lettuce trim is. Nobody over at Baby Gap knows what a lettuce trim is. 
And then I, then I, then I was like, oh, well, should I, should I get my uh, son this cute scarf called the rusty trombone? <laughs> <laughs> well. No, that, that I made up. Anyway, my daughter's got mismatched socks on currently. You know this show needs, Eddie? What? To take us to the next level, an intern. Oh, yeah. I was told that we received our first intern submission, that someone took the initiative to write to us on the contact page of my website. Uh, uh, Go ahead, Eddie. Tell me what they said. Hey, guys, I love the pod. I'd like to intern that I mentioned for free. I'm a University of Minnesota soon-to-be graduate and will do anything for the show besides BJ's. Let me know, Lucas. Ah, you see how he put that in right at the very end? Yeah. I'll do anything for the show and then accept fellatio. Well, that's, that's, I don't even think you need to put that in there. No. (laughs) But I mean, I, I, it's, it's probably better to have it in print. Like I said, I wasn't going to. And you're like, are you sure? He's like, I have the email still. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you outsmarted us, Lucas. As much as I appreciate him reaching out to us, I think it would be short-sighted of the show to just give it to him. I think we should open this up, you know, to, to a wider net. Feel free to send us any submissions of why you should intern on this show. And I'm sure that's going to open tons of doors for you, especially if you're hot. Oh, if you're a smoke show, good chance we'll take your uh, application very seriously. I want someone with some real-world experience an older person, uh, 60 minimum, you know, where they, they don't necessarily need the work. They, they don't want to work full time, but, but they're responsible. They probably could use a lettuce trim. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in applying for our prestigious internship that will not pay, will not give you uh, college credit, and you have to sign a strict NDA. Check the link below. All right, let's get to today's guest. I'm very excited about this guy. He's a friend of mine. Uh, Our children are friends. That's very important to me because when we have play dates, I get excited to see him. I enjoy him and uh, our kids play well together and I need that to continue. I need to stay in his family's good graces so that his daughter will always protect my son from any bullies. Enjoy. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. I love that one. Set in feudal Japan. Shogun tells the story of one warrior in the fight of his life as a mysterious European ship arrives in Japan. Catch FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. The Veil is a globe-trotting game of truth and lies between two women with thousands of lives hanging in the balance. And crime fans, don't miss the all-new series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events. Starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone, Under the Bridge tells the haunting story of a murder that lays bare a small community's darkest secrets. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. 
Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My guest today, the undisputed heavyweight champion of this room, please welcome the one and only George Foreman, the third. Let's get ready to podcast. I'm going to start off with some simple stuff for you. Now, I understand that you have 22 brothers and 14 moms. Supposedly. (laughs) Is there a chance that your dad is Mormon? (laughs) Close. Close. We kind of grew up in a cult. I think... Mormons remind me of a cult. Yep, they do, and they yeah, are. Yeah. All right, no, no, you don't. You don't. You have how many brothers? Do you have? I have five brothers, and then five sisters. Do you think your dad forgot that he already had named his other kids George because of the dangers of boxing? <laughs> if you ask him, he always says like, "If you get get hit by Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, um, Evander Holyfield, see how many names you'll remember." So mm-hmm. he was preparing for memory loss. Fair enough. What was it like growing up on both sides of the tracks? It was interesting. It was interesting. So my mom and my dad, they got divorced when I was young, around two. And um, But, you know, always wanted, my mom wanted my dad to be in my life. We moved to South Carolina for a little bit, and we moved back when I was six. Your mom wasn't rich. No. At all? No. And your dad, obviously, was extremely rich. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, right around then, he started getting rich again. Um, he, he actually was, like, fully bankrupt right, right around 86-ish, and then went back to boxing and by, like, 91, once again, he was back to making a lot of money. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I would, my dad would pick me up for church four times a week. And so I would Whoa, live— why four? That's too many times for church. <laughs> no. Not, not Just Sundays. No, no. Wednesday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. So. Oh, I forgot about Sunday night. Yeah, we used to have to do Sunday night, too. Yeah, you know about that. Oh. But, um, yeah, like, that was—like, I didn't wear Jordans and all that. Um, but then I go to my dad's house, and um, you know he'd have Ferrari, like twenty to thirty cars. Can't count them. Twenty to thirty dogs. But eventually, when I was like eleven, my dad said, "Enough of this. I'm sending you to boarding school so you can live like us," which I appreciated. But my mom, she gave me other qualities, which were great. I mean, that's that's a, that's a weird that's a weird back and forth. It, <laughs> it is like one week we'd hop in a private jet, like go here, there, come back hop off the jet, and I'd go back and, like, you know, hope the power was on, you know? But, Did you always, like, say, Mom, I, I love you so much, but can I have spend Christmas at Dad's? <laughs> <laughs> we actually had that conversation once, and uh, she won, but I was happy to stay with my mom. I really was. Why don't I get to call you Monk? You can call me Monk. You've never told me to call you Monk. 
Oh, well, no, you can call me whatever you want to call me. Who picked Monk? Uh, my aunt. So my dad's name is Monkey. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, there's a lot there. I'm um, ne- yeah, I'm ne- never going to say that. <laughs> just so we're all clear. You can, but this is a story. So no, I'm not. No, well, <laughs> it, you know, as we all Understood. know, that was a derogatory term. Uh, yep. But my dad had a different father than the rest of his brothers and sisters. And they knew, but he didn't know. His mom knew. And they kept it a secret. And so my dad's from a little town in um, Marshall, Texas. Uh-huh. And um, he grew up on his, he was born like on a sharecropping farm, basically. His mother and father were sharecroppers, which is code for slaves. Mm-hmm. And um, long story short, um, she, my grandma had an affair with a guy about your height, about your complexion from Texarkana. And he worked on the railroad. He had a good job and <laughs> they had George. So my grandfather was, you know, about the color of this uh, mug right here. And so my, sorry, my J.D. Foreman, who should have been my grandfather, they were both very dark. And um, when my dad came out, he was really light-complected like you. And so typically, like, with dark-skinned people, when the baby comes out around the edges of the ear are dark. Uh-huh. And they looked at the baby, and they are like, we don't see that. So they waited a few weeks, and the baby was still light-complected. And so they started gossiping around the town, and she was so embarrassed, and he was so embarrassed she got out of there. And then all of a sudden, years went by. My brother kept getting taller. I mean, my father kept getting taller and taller than his brothers and sisters, and he never got dark. And so they all knew it. They didn't tell him until he was 27. So as a youngster, they teased him a lot, and they called him all types of names. Monkey was it was kind of a term Jesus. they used to tease, and it was at first it was hurtful, but it became his name so much that in the streets— he was known as Monkey. So anyway, my aunt was like, we can't have two monkeys in this household. Oh, so I'm going to call him Monk. <laughs> and I'm going to call your dad Monkey. When I was born, he was like, all right, I'm going to name him George III, but I'm also going to give him my name, Monk. Monkey. And then my aunt shortened it. So here we are. Okay. So you can call me Monkey. I'm not, I'm never, guess what? I dare you. Never calling you Monk. <laughs> calling you George forever. So this is how we know each our, our our children play together a lot. Um, and one time I was at... Um, a playground, and and your wife, who, by the way, your wife, uh, a, a wonderful person, always late. Okay, I don't, I don't have a question for this. I just want to get that on the air. Just, just always late. She has no concept, zero concept of time. Holy cow! For the record, uh, George's wife, Sarah, is white. And when I was listening to this back, I realized that I didn't bring that up. And then when implying that she's always late, I'm like, oh no. That sounds like I'm perpetuating a racist stereotype about black people, which I wasn't. And I, and I see color, you know, and, and even though technically white is the absence of color. Um, but I wasn't implying. So now I want you to know that she was white and that was why I was comfortable saying that. Or I would be comfortable saying it. Now, had she been Cuban, that's a different thing. Because I lived in Miami for a bit. And Cuban time is something that we always say, implying that Cubans are always a half hour to an hour late. But I, I assume that's also racist. Uh, so maybe I, I shouldn't bring that up. The real thing about his wife, to be honest with you, forget the fact that she's always late. She swears like a sailor. She was uh, talking uh, to this other parent, this guy, and I... and. I was not in the conversation. I happened to just be kind of overhearing as I was walking by. And he goes, oh, which daughter is yours? And I walked by right at that moment. And I go, oh, the one that looks like George Foreman. And I kept walking. And he goes, oh, is she black? 
And then she, you know, because it, it, she's great at kind of awkward conversations, was like, well, yes, yes, she is. And it was just, oh, it was great. It was the greatest moment. It was funny, though. I heard there was a moment where he was looking around trying to figure it out, you know? Or he had no idea what it was. He was, he was, so, he was so mortified that he said, well, what is she, black? <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, this is good. I just made an awkward conversation. We, but, also, we also became friends. Your daughter is, uh, is, is very strong. Physically, she's tall, like going to be an athlete. I'm going to tell you a story about your daughter that you, you might not know. Uh, she made uh, my son cry. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, but you, I don't want you, I, it's not, your, your instinct is wrong of why she did. Hmm. She was talking to him and she was like, you know, my, my dad is, is stronger than your dad. <laughs> and, and I told my son, uh, that's true. I go, <laughs> right. I go, he's a, he's a lot stronger than me. It's okay. And, and he got so upset and he, and he was crying and I go, it's okay. I'm not, a, you don't have a strong dad. Uh, but, hold on. but then I said, but I can, I can dive better than her, uh, her dad. True. Into, into, because you came, you were in, in Tahoe once we were jumping off some, some rocks, some cliffs yeah. and I watched you dive and it was poor. It wasn't great. <laughs> it was a cannonball. And I say, say, you know what? That's actually a better trait than being stronger. If you're going to watch the Olympics, <laughs> what event are you going to watch? Are you going to watch a lifting competition? No, it barely gets coverage, but diving <laughs> that's, that's NBC. That's prime time. Diving. So I was telling my son that diving is actually like a, that's a better trait. You're a badass in the water. You are. You are. <laughs> By the way, I will I take uh, your your daughter um, has swim class at my house once yep. a week, and and literally last week I watched her do two full laps, long ways, just just killed it. Now she used to not even want to get her face wet or anything like that, and this is one of the moments in my life that I think I, I'm the most, uh, top three proudest moments. Your daughter couldn't swim at the time and nope. hated being in the water. Yeah. And I got her in the water and and took her wake surfing with you on the back of the boat, just like waiting to murder me <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if something went wrong. Wow! I've never done anything with myself like that with my daughter like that before, and I will never do anything like that with my daughter after, just with you. Um, because I was sitting there and I was like looking at, looking at it, and my wife was like, what do you think? And I was like, you know what? Sure, because number one, I know you, and I was like, he would die if anything happened. Number two, I was like, this would be a pretty good lawsuit. Like, oh. I could just see this. And <laughs> I've never sued anybody, but I've been sued, so I know what a good lawsuit is. Oh, no. And I was like, this one would be awesome. In hindsight, I was like, I was like, that was really, really, really brave of me. <laughs> Your uh, your your dad was obviously a strict father. Yes. So I mean, some of that is filtered onto you. Probably, you you've got you've got some conservative roots for sure. Yeah. Now, one of the other fathers at pickup. I'm told. I've heard this. I've heard this through the grapevine, but it's such a good story that it makes me laugh. He asked if you would be interested because uh, he's a producer in starring in some gay porn, and I was like, this is. In, this is the greatest thing I'd ever heard. I laughed so hard. I was like, this little guy went up to True. George and asked him, hey, would you be interested? You know, totally professional. Not, not <laughs> wasn't, wasn't giving you drinks or anything like that. Just, just now, what did, you, what did, what went through your brain? Were you like, oh, we got to leave? We can't live in a place like this where I'm being asked this at school pickup? I was like, number one, like, 
where do you get the nerve to ask me like that? And then oh. he followed up and I said, I don't know if I, you know, I was like, I don't know if I could do that. And he was like, well, you'll never make it in Hollywood if you don't. The funniest thing about that guy, by the way, was that he was like, <laughs> you know, like going on and on about how he's like a movie producer and so on and so forth. And I met him a couple of times and then finally like pulled me to the side and he was like, I made my money in porn. Uh-huh. Because he had all these stories about like how he lives in Malibu. You know, everybody right. like has their story, um, which is fascinating. But he was hiding that one. Then he said... I'd like to cast you. So when does the movie come out? (laughs) I didn't know this for a long time. Uh, You used to date uh, Kim Kardashian. (laughs) I forgot. How'd you know that? Did Sarah tell you that? I don't disclose my sources. I I have no idea. (laughs) That's true. Was this pre-Ray J, post-Ray J? Oh, in the midst um, of the breakup and yeah. Oh, wow. All right, so I'll just go through facts. By the way, I don't I don't want I'm not one of these people that that wants to hear another man kiss and tell. I think that's uh, tacky. But if you want to talk about eating ass, I <laughs> I'm all ears. It's actually a pretty funny story. So there's no like really kiss or tell because I was like, I actually like really liked her. She's like super well, sure. She's, I would really like her too. <laughs> <laughs> super polite. There was no nothing on the internet about her. Like she was a stylist and would manage like wardrobes for people. She was working for Paris Hilton. And um I was just like the perfect gentleman. And I was like, I want to meet your family. I want to meet Bruce at uh-huh. the time. Now it's Caitlin. Either Both are great. Still um, her dad. Yep. And um, I want to meet your mom. Met her, 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 uh, her sisters. They were small at the time. And um, I remember like taking Kylie and uh, the other one. And just being like, can you please get them off me? I didn't know they were going to be big stars. I would have right, you would have left them on you. I would have been much nicer. <laughs> They're just bad kids at the time. And I was just like always like respectful. And this went on for like five or six months. And finally, um, she texts me one day and she goes, are you a virgin? Oh. Because I was being such a gentleman. Uh-huh. And so, um, and of course I was like, no, I was like, I'm just, this is how you're supposed to treat women, you know? And so, um, and then shortly thereafter, about a month later, the news hit. And of course, like I've been telling my brothers and my best friends about like, I'm dating this girl. She's uh-huh. cool. Like, I think this could be the one of the ones, you know, or whatever, like she's special. And um, the news comes out and they're all texting me like, ha ha. And they're sending me videos. And of course, like I went through that, um, which is oh, completely that's fine. Completely. That's a tough thing to go through though. No, no. I mean, you were smack dab in the middle of it. <laughs> Holy cow. But I made it um, my business to double down on our, our friendship, right? Because um, at that point, we had, I think we had like a week or right before that we had kind of like broken up. It was my fault. And because um, I was being a little bit of a punk. Long story short, I was like, you know what? At a time where everybody's backing away, we're going to have a real friendship. And well, we've sure. Made, once we you, once, you, since once then. you saw how good it was. No, you no, should, no, no, no. You're not, well, no, I, I, it, just, it was unfair. Like, really. I mean, <laughs> it was unfair because it's like, it was her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That was doing, beautiful. I, I had no issue with it. She's got some hustle. They're doing the same thing everybody does at home. And Except just, for you and her. <laughs> and now, everybody just got to see it. Like, can you imagine if anybody had a camera on what we do at home? Oh, man. It, and, that'd be the worst two and a half minute video ever. I thought it was just unfair. So I'm glad she played it the All way right. she did. Do you think about how much um, better, your, I, I mean, different your life would be if you would have married Kim Kardashian? I didn't mean to say better. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, unfortunately, I tell you, I, I, I'm dyslexic like that. I don't, I don't really think like that. Mm-hmm. I always think maybe you know those are the we had different journeys, and it is what it is. She's now two doors down from me though, which is weird. Yeah, you're real good friends with uh, her mom, Chris. 
That's great and weird. Once again, I always wanted to get to know a lady's parents because I feel like <laughs> when you marry them, you're marrying their parents. So. Oh, I, you know what? I wish I would have talked to you before I got married. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would, would get very uh, paranoid, or I, I, I would add to it if you if she was going to feed you, she'd be like, "Oh, we got to get more food. There's there's not enough." I, and I would be like, yeah, you, "Whatever you're doing, like triple it, triple it." <laughs> A normal day. And by the way, I've also seen your comically silly cereal bowl that you like to eat cereal out of something, yep. which is... Love cereal, man. <laughs> That's my vice. I mean, by the way, those boxes have gotten so much, like, the bags in it are so small. Yeah. Are you eating, like... A, a bag at a time. A whole box of cereal. <laughs> easy. Easy. Yeah. I'll crush a bit. That's really funny. What's yours? My biggest vice? No, no. <laughs> no. I'm Heroin. <laughs> Heroin. <laughs> Heroin. It's always been my vice. Oh. I love food, but then I get sick. I get sick and my stomach just flushes everything out. Oh, you might be gluten. You might need to, you might have a gluten allergy. Yeah. And I just, I don't care enough to like figure it out. I'd rather just go sit on the toilet for 45 minutes. Now, as a black man, did you enjoy today driving from your home in Calabasas to come here to work with three white guys in Baldwin Hills. It is interesting. I find culture very interesting. I'll tell you two things. What what I did find fascinating, I've never been to Baldwin Hills, and I've never been to a Starbucks where all the employees are black, all the people online are black. Mm-hmm. And number two, I've never been to a Star- Starbucks that moved so quickly. Like, they were churning in there. Like, it was so well run. But number two, like, I was raised not to see race, so I actually don't see race. I'm, it might be a disorder or something like that. I was in my household, we were raised, we couldn't use the word white or black. Like mm-hmm. we, the, You might as well have said the F word. You'd be better off versus calling someone white, black, or even like Mexican. You couldn't say that. You had to say they're from Mexico. Because uh-huh. my dad didn't believe in that. I have all these moments all the time where I'm like, I forget I'm the only black person in the room. So you're telling me if you described me, you wouldn't say, when would you say white? I would never say it. You would never bring it up in describing me. No, no. I would talk about who you are, where you're from. Right, so but I'm so saying forth. if you're like, what's he look like? I would say you look like somebody who looks like you. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, he's your grandpa. He's. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, <laughs> I would reference someone and be like, oh, he's the same complexion as if if it mattered. Well, hey, I'll tell you when you saw color as as a, a former neighbor of mine. First of all, for people that don't know, you stopped boxing. I don't know, a decade ago? Yeah, all right. that's right. So you're going you're gonna to fight again. But you started training, and then you had a post on Nextdoor app. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, I'm training for a fight, or I'm training. I'm going to be jogging at night. <laughs> so if you see a huge black man running through Malibu, don't call the police or don't shoot me. <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. A direct quote. But no, <laughs> direct. I don't know if I have a screenshot of it. But that's real. You knew that you didn't know that you didn't have to do that, but you're like, you know what? I'm gonna do this because unfortunately a lot of other people do see color. Which I'm fully aware of. Okay. So then we moved to Cal we moved out here in Malibu and I said, you know what? Let's go to the best place. We found this little gated neighborhood. And because I want safety, just from everything, right? Sure. Just from everybody. You have to be careful, especially in LA. And I was getting ready to get in shape and start running again because I do want to fight. And I started running around. I was terrified. And I actually never get scared. I, like, don't register fear that well either. I think that's a form of disorder. Mm, it's and also I, from just being strong. 
So I, I looked at my wife. I came back because I like my short, my run was only 20 minutes. And she's like, why did you, you know, only run so long? I said, you know what I realized? I don't want to, I got to come back home to Hannah. And no matter what I think, like if someone shoots me, like you just see it on the news. Maybe I watch too much news, but that's, that's why I put it out there. I did not say a black guy, but my profile sh- sh- clearly shows I'm the same color as my grandma. Well, <laughs> and, I just was like, uh, you know, who's not having to put that post up? A white guy. So I felt I felt like that's oh look at that that that's horrible that you have to. But it's all good, man. It's all just- right. Yeah, let me tell you my thoughts on boxing first because I got to be honest with you. I I don't like boxing. Like I don't like the UFC. Yeah. Um. And and here's why. I can't watch people fighting. It makes me sick to my stomach a little bit. And I've always been like that. Whenever like a, a fight broke out in school and everybody crowded around, I was the kid that was like, "Oh no, oh this is bad, this is bad." What we, what, yeah. we let's, let's stop them. Fighting's always made me feel really weird. It's boxing. If you train to boxing, you realize like when you when it's a sport and you're trained to see the punches coming, they don't hurt that bad. Number one, the head shots don't really hurt. It's the body shots that hurt. Um, and you you'll probably look at boxing different. Once you box with me, right? I'm not gonna. I'm not. Gonna, I'm. I'm almost fifty. There's no way I'm getting punched. My this dad a, was fighting when he was fifty. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. But he fought when he was twenty too. So it's a little different. <laughs> no, it's I not don't. even. It's not even a mental thing. It's, it's. I physically feel ill watching people fight. I feel like that during UFC though, because in boxing, there's it's a gentleman's sport, so to speak, and people do foul sometimes. But you, you're supposed to. Once a, once a guy can't fight anymore, you can't. You, you're supposed to back off and let let the referee do his job. In MMA, and I have full respect for UFC and Dana White, and I love what they've accomplished. But you hit a guy, he goes down. He's actually knocked unconscious, but kind of moving still. He, mm-hmm. You can be out on your feet and still be lucid. Of course. And then you go down and you start banging his head until the ref stops it. I think that's inappropriate. I actually can't watch UFC. I actually get sick the same way. I'm a fighter. Here's another thing I don't understand about boxing. Always having to to hate your opponent, whether it's the the pre fight stuff. Where they, I always thought, I've thought this for a long time. Wouldn't it be funny if if the guy was like, ah, I, I love this guy. He's great. <laughs> I, I I wish him the best. I'm you know I'm gonna I'm because you know I bring it to basketball. Uh, like Michael Jordan, like he always had to hate his opponent. He could, you know, but now generations like LeBron, like, like they can go out to dinner and they can play basketball that night. It's not like he's not going to try to kill him on the court. Yeah. You know, the two don't have to go hand in hand is what I'm saying. You don't have to hate somebody to compete against them. I think that there's two reasons. Number one, boxing comes from the same place WWF comes from, Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And then it was the same promoters. They would work together and promote boxing the same way they did wrestling. It's You have Pee Wee Herman versus King Kong, and Pee Wee Herman wins. Oh, my God, we got to see a rematch, right? And so that's how boxing was promoted. And eventually it became more about the sport and the competition and there aren't that great, but there's a direct line between P.T. Barnum and Don King, like mentor, friend, and so on and so forth. And so we knew we had to hype these fights up. Otherwise, no one cares. And then what happens now, though, is everybody knows we got to talk up the fight because otherwise it's boring and there's no story. Every boxer knows the fight starts when you sign the contract, right? Because you got to get the, the psychological advantage. But what happens is the both fighters know, hey, we got to talk it up. And at some point, someone goes too far and now it becomes a real fight. And you also you're trying to win the exchange. So I think that that's what happens, and it all helps. Right. I mean, I, 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 all that makes sense. It's a, roast, was it's a roast battle. How were you 16, 16 and zero yeah. in your career? Yeah, and and then you retired. Yeah, who does that? Well, two things. So when I was training, um, it's a I don't know if it's a myth, but when you're training, you can't you have to be celibate. You don't. That's another thing that's probably made up. I don't. Whoever made whoever came up with that was 
why take a chance? So that was my attitude. So for like five years, I'm celibate. You know, you're kind of like excited not to have to be like that. Yeah, of <laughs> put it that way. What if you weren't and then all of a sudden had the best fight of your life? Would you be like, oh, that's way better. I don't know, man. I'm not willing to take that chance. I'm not. At least you you got to abstain for at least six to eight weeks. And I was fighting every six to eight weeks. I would masturbate on the way to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. I'd love to fight you. <laughs> um. <laughs> the, you know, wait, boxers always have rappers uh, uh, bring them to the ring a lot of times. I see that on big fights. Yeah. I think it'd be cool if you had like a comic and I'm just doing material on the way to the ring. <laughs> you ever notice? I think it would be a better fit than rapping. You know the worst time I ever saw you get hit? It's, it's not boxing. It was when you you uh, you walked into a giant umbrella oh. at that restaurant. Do you remember you turned and hit that thing right in your head? I was like, oh, that hurts. That that was actually worse than I've ever been punched before. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, man. I can take a punch, but that 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 was horrible. I want to get back to the question that I asked you, which is you were 16 and 0, and then you just walked away. But were you were you a, a champion at 16 and 0? Did you ever get well, what level do you get to at 16 and 0? Boxing's a wild, wild west of sports. There's no proper league. There's like four belts, right? Which are sanctioning bodies. Then there's separate promoters, separate networks. It's not concentrated, the power and the control like UFC, which is why the sport struggles. Um, so for me, I was I didn't have an amateur career. I had 16 fights just fighting, honestly, whoever they would put in front of me mm-hmm. to get uh, experience in front of crowds, to get used to that. And also to, like, when you fight, only 20% of what you can do makes it to the ring. And then as you get more experience, 80% of what you can do in the gym makes it to the ring. So it was about preparation. But honestly, at that it was, you know, becoming the most popular fighter, proving that I can compete. And then it was about having a fighting for the heavyweight title. And that's still my goal to this day. Um, I only put it down because I didn't want to make my living off of boxing because I was too scary to like, if I don't get a fight, I can't pay my bills. So I started a gym to make money between fights. How many Um, gyms do you have now? uh, Right now I have four locations. Uh, One is mine in Calabasas. The other are franchises in Canada. Let's talk about your your employees. You're not it's you're not af- afraid to look at a resume and go, oh, it says here you you were in prison for a while. No, I mean I owe a lot of it to my dad. Number one, my dad was a criminal. He was thrown in jail multiple times before sixteen. You Anything know, horrible? Just beating up people. Okay, beating uh, up his friends, uh, stuff like that. He was an angry guy, but he literally used to charge a tax to people to cross streets. Like you can't cross the street unless you pay George. <laughs> He's gone on to do some great things. I wish that's what he was still doing. <laughs> well, remember <laughs> to make money. Just telling people you want to cross the street, and they're like the, the crosswalk signals on. He's like, no. I, I actually met a guy. He's like, I always looked up to your dad, and I was like, why? Because I was thinking the boxing and the grills, and mm-hmm. he said, man, I heard he used to charge attacks for people to walk across the street. And he's like, that blew my mind. And this is like a real, like, dude, you know what I mean? Like a serious dude, if you know what I mean. You think? Oh, sorry. My point on that was I grew up, I never beat anybody up in school. I was beat up once. And I Who beat you up? I was first grade. I just moved back to be closer to my father. And um, a group of kids called me the N-word. And of course, I had something to say about that. Uh And um, I tried to like fight and they grabbed my hands, pulled you know, pull me back and beat me up. Right. Okay. So you <laughs> like got they, jumped. That's different. I got jumped. No, 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 but no kid in first grades one-on-one beating you up. No, no, no. But I got, I got jumped and like held down and beat up. And so I told my dad about it and whatever. And he was like, look, he said, if you're going to fight in school, you need to be, pre- be prepared to come home and fight me. Okay. You're not going to fight in school. And so I said, you know what? I backed down from every fight or bluffed my way out of it because I was literally more afraid of what would happen to me when I would well, come yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. At home's the heavyweight champ. 
at school is just a little prick. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so when my neighbor comes up to me with a pistol or someone says I've been in jail for 17 years, I just see a human. I'm not afraid of them. I'm more afraid of my dad. You could you could take your dad right now. I don't know. He oh, still punches yeah. pretty hard. That'd be the fight. Let's get that on the books. <laughs> hey, what is the deal when your first few fights coming up? The people are you just picking somebody to punch in the head? How's it work? Yeah, I mean, look, you know that people some people call them bums or whatever, but okay. I think look, it, it's 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 a feat to walk in the ring and take your shirt off and fight in front of three to 6,000 or 20,000 people. But it's literally, everybody does it because it's how you get sharp and it's how you get yourself in front of fans. Like, I don't know if you like practice material or you used to. Yes, of course I do. It's like that. Um, And then when you're like, yo, I got this down, then it's time to to put it all on the line. But every time you walk in the ring, you're risking your entire career. You can get knocked out. So you only take the big risk when there's a big paycheck. But that's that's not considered fixed though, right? No. No, no, no. That, 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 That stopped in like, Maybe the 60s, 70s. What, a fixed fight? Yeah, and they, I mean, they wouldn't so much. I mean, they would remember the, the mob controlled boxing until 70s. But remember, they also controlled gambling. So um, they there were things like, hey, there's this champion and this guy who everybody thinks can beat the champion. Let's have this fight. And they would ask the champion, hey, uh, don't fight too hard. Make it competitive. You're going to lose this one. So they can have a rubber match and have the second and third. It's contro- It's a controversial loss. Everybody wants to see the next fight, so it's even bigger. And then you're going to win the second fight. Well, now everybody wants to see the tiebreaker, and then the tiebreaker is a fair fight. And people kind of just knew that. And that those are the types of things they would do to make great fights, but also um, make money on the gambling side. Do you gamble ever? I, I, I do slot machines. Uh-huh. I don't know how to gamble. I'm like not, not that smart. Oh, I would love to gamble with you, though. I enjoy gambling. Yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your favorite boxing movie? Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. If you know boxing and you're from the culture, that they like they have it down to a T. Because when you become great and you're fighting, you get really paranoid. And do you, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a scene where he can he uh, accuses his brother of sleeping with his wife. Mm-hmm. That was box. That's the life of a prize fighter. Mine's coming to America. <laughs> What's your favorite part? Well, just the boxing barbershop scene. <laughs> Joe Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, that was classic. Eddie Murphy's nuts. By the way, I, I know this because you were at my house last yeah. night. You don't listen to this show. You haven't watched this show. Every episode, because I appreciate people taking time out, but um, I also hate having stuff at my house. I give them something from my house uh, that I don't want anymore. And I say, here, you take this. And, and that's your gift for being on the show. So today, this this is what um, I got you, George, for what being on got? the show. Hold on. Let me grab it. I want your house. Can you give me that? Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. actually brought this. I got you my bounce house. Oh, my. Are you serious? Be careful. It's heavy. Oh, you can handle anything. Um. So the last last night the kids are playing in the bounce house and he's like, You own do you own your own bounce house? And I'm like, Yeah, I own my bounce house. <laughs> so now I'm giving it to you so that you and your daughter, oh, it's a good ring for her. Uh and oh my God. on rainy days, this thing is 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 it's it fits inside. You move some furniture. I can't fit this in my house, but no, I'm you, gonna put this you, to good use. You'll you'll find a place All for right. it. It'll be great. It'll be great. You ever taken a you ever taken a full on punch from your dad back in the day? Like Ye- oh yes. One time when I was like six or seven, we were fighting and whoa, whoa, whoa. Huh? six or seven. <laughs> I was I was hoping you were in the ring at twenty. All right, never mind. This- he, like he really didn't punch me. He like snapped a punch right at you know, he could pull the punch back sure. right before he hit you. 
and that was one that obviously that didn't hurt. We were play fighting. But then when I became a boxer, my dad was my trainer and my manager for I six know. years. One day he was like, hey, I got to, if I'm going to train you, I got I only know what type of fighter you are if I get in the ring with you. So we got in the ring together for the whole week and uh, he wouldn't wrap my hands. He wouldn't talk to me. He would go in the corner and be like, you know, get over there. Like, you're just another fighter now. And for the whole week, he was about 63 years old. Um, we sparred every single day. And um, I was just running like Ali, literally. And um, finally, he was like, I'm going to get a hold of you. Like the fourth day, he reached over and leaned to the left, and he was about to hit me so hard in my liver. I remember it. And he pulled back, and he kind of looked at me like, don't get ahead of yourself. Like, I can still whip your ass. Uh, <laughs> so that that happened. Are you the one person that doesn't love Muhammad Ali because he beat up your dad? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's two parts to that. I have a lot. Uh, Muhammad Ali was a great fighter. I respect him and so on and so forth. But the part, like, had he not beat my dad, neither one of them would be legends, in my opinion. I think where I was, the only thing I would ever hold against him is that he didn't give him a rematch. Yeah. But he was, um, Ali, he was washed up at the time, so to speak. He was on his way out. He fought him. Everybody convinced my dad to fight Ali because that was what you did back then. It was traditional. If there was a big champ, you give him one more payday so he can retire. Right. And then you absorb his fan base. And so my dad was like, all right, just pay me. I'll, I'll fight him. And... The only guys to beat Ali at that point were Joe Frazier, who my dad beat in two rounds. Um, I love boxing, so bear with me. No. Um, Kenny Norton broke his jaw. My dad beat him in, inside two rounds. And then Ali's 34 at the time, which is old in boxing. And so they're like, George is going to kill him. And so once again, he was like, if I beat him, I'm not going to get credit. If I hurt him, people are going to hate me. But this is $5 million. It's the biggest payday ever in sports history. So he did it. And um, But then Ali beat him. And everybody said, oh, my God, this guy came. It's like Superman. He was in an impossible situation and won. Now he's the greatest of all time. So I think that's really cool. And then 20 years later, my dad was able to get his title after losing it. And now he became great because he's 46 years old, redeeming himself. So I think it, it worked out for both of them. And uh -huh. that's, that's the way it was supposed to happen. All right, now I'm going to get into the grill because it's just going to make me laugh. It wasn't like it was. this was a slam dunk. It wasn't like, oh, your, your dad was just such a business genius. It was like they brought him this, and he was like, ah, whatever. And then he asked for 16 grills. All true. So, um, so we're bankrupt. My dad fights 20 times in like three years. He's bankrupt because he spends. He spends, number one. He gives. Uh -huh. Can't say no to people. And also, uh, his the guy who manages his money stole it. Yeah, this, is, this is when you don't hire felons <laughs> for for certain positions. White, right. These white-collar crimes are way worse. But Agreed. He, he's making, he made $13 million to fight Holyfield. Then it was $10 million, $10 million. So the commercials he would get paid for, six half-hour day, six-hour shoot, $250,000, $300,000. is like we're thrilled to make this type of money. He doesn't have to get hit. And so that's what he's used to. So a friend of his— had a friend um, who was with him in college and said, hey, we have this grill that my friend is marketing. It's been taken off the, the shelves before. We can't really get it going, but how about you promote it? And he's like, fine, just pay me about two, two hundred to $400,000 and I'll be there for six hours. Mm -hmm. They're like, no. Then it, they said, well, let's form a joint venture. We'll provide the operations. You provide your time and your name. And you'll own 20% of it, 22% of it, 23. No, no, What was no, his no, magic no. number? What was his magic number? 16 grills. <laughs> 16 grills. So finally the offer— And what percentage? The, the offer got up to 45% of a joint venture. Uh-huh. And um, after all the you know, expenses were paid, he'd keep the profit, 45% of the profit. And 16 free grills my because mom, he liked them. 
well, my mom had been cooking grilled cheese for us. There's so many of us and his steaks and the Teflon rubbed off. And so he said, I want 16 grills, which is enough for the Teflon to rub off and still have one enough for my homes and enough for mm-hmm. my mother. Okay. And he said, I'll give you a half day shoot. And that got the deal done. And how many years went by before it exploded? So that the deal was signed in 93. At the end of 94, he, by a fluke, got a heavyweight title shot and won. And now he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, Athlete of the Year. And they're like, wow, we got this guy for cheap. Um, it still wasn't doing good. So right? they kept promoting it, promoting it. And they said, George, um, we want to tweak it and take the videos of you boxing and show videos at home um, with your kids cooking, actually using it. And then they just put everything behind it. And by 1997, then things started to change. He had his last fight. He was 49, lost a decision. They come in and give his manager came and gave him a check, his attorney, for a million dollars. And that was just one month of his 45%. And at that point, he was like, I think I can retire. So now he's now he got a, a million a month. What's the most? He was making like five million a, a month, month. Five million. Just off the grill. And then they got fed up. They're like, we can't keep paying you this much money. So they're like, how much just to own your name on this grill forever? And you walk away and they're like, you're like, a hundred and. $28 million? What was the number? There was a publicly traded company, so they had to report at some uh-huh. point and say, like, why is all this money going out the door? So they offered him $137 million. Oh, beautiful. Um, 20 of it was stock, and the stock went up when they did the deal because now the company is going to be more profitable. So it ended up being about $170-ish million. I know for a fact that you have a Weber. Yes, I have a Weber. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Um, Do you think in hindsight, your dad, if your dad could have had that grill money, do you think he would have not fought that that final comeback run? Yes, he didn't want to fight. Even though he became the heavyweight champion again? Look, my dad, he he said if he had a college degree, he would have been a teacher. He was a preacher, and he's like, this is all I know how to do. And he did love boxing, but no, he wouldn't. No, 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 no way with that I wonder if money. people ever uh, went to his church and went, hey, isn't that the guy that used to charge us to walk across the street? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I just recently saw because I look at some some blogs of cars and say, just he just unloaded the most like a hundred cars, and he still has a lot more. Of course he does, and I'm just like going through these cars and like it's like they're they're so random, and then like and they all have like three thousand miles on them. They're like nothing. He had a Beetle with two hundred miles on it, Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, your dad also has right now over a hundred dogs. True or false? True, that we know of. He hides them from my mom. And you, you guys sell them or? or he, It's a pleasure thing. He'll sell them if like he finds a good home. You uh-huh. know, sometimes he'll just give them to people because he cares about the home. He's literally Dr. Doolittle. We grew up with crocodiles, um, uh, antelope, elk, let's see, monkeys, lemurs, um, cows, of course, horses, over 100 horses. Right, right. It's, you understand why he went bankrupt a couple times, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you can't have a zoo. Like that's not zoos are run by the city. Like that's is your dad getting sweeter as he gets older? He's a he's always been a puppy dog, right? Uh, but, but he's been tough to the kids. He was a, he was just strict, you Stri- know? right? Well, strict. strict and puppy dogs are, are <laughs> far apart. Yeah, I think yeah, he's definitely way more lenient and uh, he's soft. Like even his ministries, you know, when it started, it was like the Bible says what the Bible says, and that's what we're preaching. And now he, uh, it's the doctrine of love. He's like, if it's in the book, if it's in the Bible, but it violates me loving somebody, then I'm not for it. Uh-huh. Um, so he's definitely well, soft. Nice up a to hear. Bit. The first question I ask all my guests: Yeah, do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Yes, I do. I can't disprove it. And I had one incident in uh, the Langham Hotel. 
where <laughs> there was a butler. We Our room came with a butler, and my dad and my mom were in the next room, and they were asleep. And I was looking at the door. I'm eating my room service, mm-hmm. and the door just closes, and mm-hmm. I run to the door. And long story short, I won't explain the context. I'm sure it was a ghost. But that's it? That That's from that moment? You're like, well, ghosts are real because of this moment of one door that swung closed or opened. Uh, Which was it, open or closed? It was slightly open. It was slightly open, and And then it closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That man just a draft, something came through. It was a ghost, man, because... So that hotel, I don't know if it's still called the Langham. It was an old hospital. Uh-huh. Yeah, old. That's the a key uh, word in this because old stuff always things happen. <laughs> Do you believe in ghosts? No. <laughs> of course I don't. Why not? I don't know because I just don't. All right. True or false? You're considering doing that porn. <laughs> <laughs> George, you know I gotta feed my family, but uh, no. hopefully things will be, things will never get to that point. <laughs> you've, you've got a you've got a wonderful family. You've got a a, a wonderful gym, uh, and you know if you want a box, I'm I'm gonna obviously I'll root for you, but I'm probably I'm, I'm probably not gonna pay pay per view <laughs> for it. No, you won't I'll pirate it if possible. <laughs> no. But thank you no. for being on the show, George. Thank you, man. I appreciate your time talking okay. to you. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. Oh, I love that one. Set in feudal Japan. Shogun tells the story of one warrior in the fight of his life as a mysterious European ship arrives in Japan. Catch FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. The Veil is a globe-trotting game of truth and lies between two women with thousands of lives hanging in the balance. And crime fans, don't miss the all-new series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events. Starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone, Under the Bridge tells the haunting story of a murder that lays bare a small community's darkest secrets. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, Carl, that was a delight. 
Thank you very much, George. And I will be calling you George for the rest of my life and nothing else, just George. You know what I admire so much about George is is that he has just so much uh, respect and he's and he's proud of his dad. And there's that's just kind of neat. I just I, you know I I could learn from that a little bit, but then again. My dad wasn't the heavyweight champion of the world. You know, my dad worked at human resources and it's just not as cool. It's just, it's just harder to be so proud of that. I'm, but I, but I should, I should, he's because you know, his dad was strict, probably too strict, but whatever he, uh, that's, that's, that's a, that's a good thing uh, that they've got going. And, I, and I'm glad that George senior is in good health. Uh, that's great. I'm happy that he was uh, on the show. All right. Check out uh, my tour dates. I'm performing all over the place. Get a ticket. Come see me. It's enjoyable. Boyswearpink.com. Check out the charitable clothing company for toddlers. Uh, The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Amazon. Probably going to be the biggest reality show since Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire. Mm. Remember that show? Oh, yeah. That shitty comic that had one house that was barely worth a million dollars, so they called him a millionaire? Yep. Uh, that's funny. Rick Rockwell. Rick Rockwell. Good <laughs> name, Paul, Eddie. Jesus. All right, now it's time for one of my son's bedtime stories that we recorded when he was three years old. Enjoy the animation and whatever I think he said. I'll be I, I try to ask him sometimes. I'm like, what do you think he said right here? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, ah, oh, he's so mad. I just make him sit there. I'm like, well, then you can't get up from the table. Like three hours later, dad, I don't know what I said. Um, tell me what the shark ate. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. I'm telling the same story, but a different version it. Oh, you're going to tell me a different version of the same story? All right, let's hear it. Once upon a time in Tahoe, the payment played a lot. They went around. But he liked it to fit down tight until suddenly something happened. Some, my head broke, someone said. My head broke off. And then one somebody came out with a penguin and a baby penguin. Oh, She said she was a baby. I don't like this story at all. It's not good. It doesn't make sense, and it's it is really hard to understand. I don't like it when your stories have voices because your voice is already on the scale of tough to understand. And then when you do voices, it's like, what are we talking about at this point? See what I'm saying? I can't understand that. Just by the baby, Okay, you're still doing it. <laughs> but don't. What's 156 times 28? (laughs) That's pretty good. Hey guys, I have to remind you, wherever you're listening to this podcast, to make sure that you rate it. But rate it five stars. If you're going to rate it four stars, you know what? Don't even bother. Five stars, please. Also, subscribe. That matters. Subscribe and rate, but rate high. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu 
has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. Oh, I love that one. FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new and streaming now on Hulu. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.